right, welcome into Burn After Listening, episode nine. Joined here with a few different people today. Uh, firstly, Cake Bossy, you all know. How are we doing, Cake? I'm all right. Tough weekend. Tough I weekend? Accidentally kind of blacked out twice, I would say. So <laughs> it's been a Sunday. It happens. The scariest getting to you. What'd you do? Nothing. That's the worst part. I just like sat and just. I think that I cleaned my house yesterday, but there was a certain point when I started drinking and like to like 45 minutes went by. I was like, I actually just drank like nine Miller lights. And I was like, <laughs> like these are going down way too quickly. And then that's, yeah, just escalated from there. It's foggy. Fair enough. And then we've got uh, a great personal friend of mine, a uh, professional race car driver, has had multiple different uh, different positions in the world of racing, here to talk the Indy 500 and his background, my good friend Timmy Pagaluso. Timmy, how are we? Good, buddy. Thanks for having me. And uh, it was what an uh, intro, RA. Right? Yeah, what it's pretty good. good. A little, uh, little moment of silence for uh, today's 25 years since, uh, you know, Frank Sinatra died. So, um, you know, deep Rips down, yeah, deep down, that's probably a, you know, probably a cousin of mine somewhere back in the old country at some point. But we can have a moment of respect for that Gino. Uh, yeah. We're, all right. We'll do a 20 minute moment of silence. If anyone. <laughs> now that's just fucking T. He wasn't that cool, dude. It's just, <laughs> yeah. just like anyone. Tell you, you, you acknowledge my comment. That's good enough for me. I don't think his parents care either. I know how you feel. I haven't been the same since Avicii died. So yeah. when Ray Liotta died, that's when my fucking cock started going to the left instead of the right. <laughs> <laughs> and finally you can hear him there too we've got a uh, warrior with us warrior how are we doing how's it going folks not doing too bad how about you boys doing well man appreciate you asking we'll uh we'll get right into it here so uh yeah timmy i really i really just kind of want to hear about your background we'll get into like the indy 500 who to bet stuff like that but you know tell me your intro to racing how you became a driver and kind of where you went from after there yeah man well you know it's pretty it's pretty interesting. And, um, you know, so I grew up, I grew up playing hockey my whole life and I got two, two younger brothers. So, um, and in the off season I would, I would do competitive karting, which is like the first stage of like getting into racing. Right. And, um, you know, as I, as I got older, I think you can probably attest to this and I've kind of calmed down since I'm just not a team player. Like, I just don't like putting in work for myself. And if someone doesn't reciprocate the same level, I just blow a fuse. Yeah, right. Absolutely. So I needed, I needed to get into like an isolated sport where every mm -hmm. effort that I put in, I was like, all right, well, at least I could blame my fucking self here. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You know? Um, so, you know, when I turned 18, I kind of just stopped playing hockey, uh, and, and focused in on that, uh, with the racing side. Right. So, um, and the thing with racing, it's a, it's a professional sport to a lot of outside people, but it's actually the only sport where you have to bring money. So every mm -hmm. time you get in the car, you have to bring a lot of money, hence sponsorship. So I went to this racing school, not knowing, you know, my ass from the hole in the ground, how this industry works. Yeah. Um, and, uh, 
I just got, you know, got a, got a racing license. So you have to pass these schools so they can like grant you an FIA license. Mm-hmm. And then from kind of there, like the, license. what's that? Kind of like a pilot's license. Basically, but for racing, you know, um, yeah. you go to this school and they cert you and now you, now, like if you're into NASCAR, you go the NASCAR route. If you're into IndyCar, you go the open wheel route. So, um, so did that. And then that's where, you know, the grind starts. Like that's your college degree. Go get the fucking job or go get the sponsorship. doesn't matter how good you are. Whoever has the money plays the game. Mm-hmm. So, and I'll be honest with you guys. Like I, like I made it to this uh, series that's official ladder series of like um, IndyCar, but to be honest with you, I wasn't that fucking good, but I was good mm-hmm. enough to get money to go race, which is seat time. Right. Mm-hmm. So that made me better. Um, so I was able to get that and, um, found some sponsors and then, you know, put the money to some teams and then, and then started racing. And, you know, there were kids in those classes in those, uh, in those racing schools and other series that would spank me, but they were too fucking dumb to not go out and grind and get money sponsorship and create like a business platform within racing. So let's just, for Mm -hmm. example, uh, the way racing works is if I have a company that my sponsorships, let's just say they do generators, you know, like mm-hmm. spotlights, generators. So like for construction workers at night, right? They have the big mm-hmm. spotlights. So for them to justify a 25 to 100K sponsorship, I would have to bring them into racing and say, well, you guys can pay 100 grand for me to race and you get all the generator business for the pit lane. So mm-hmm. you just offset the hundred grand for like a $300,000 contract for the whole series. So at that point, it's a write-off, right? It's business to yeah. business. So that's how I would operate my sponsorships is just connect them with business people and justify the yeah. small sending. I don't want to interrupt, but, but I was just wondering like, is this you doing like those deals or is it like, do you have like a manager behind you? Or no, is that- I was, I was doing it. Cause if I had a manager, I would have to pay him and then yeah. I would have no money. So yeah. I would do that and then get to the car and mm-hmm. it's just, you know, every time you get into that car, it costs a fee test. It's not like a baseball field. You can start, go throw pitches all day long for free. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Every time you test, you have to pay for the tires you have to pay for the seat time and that runs about, you know, 15 K a day. Holy so, fuck. Yeah. yeah. So over the three years that I be, that I did that, it was probably around like a 250, 300,000 budget in three years that we were able to do. And then it, it just shrunk with co- like COVID actually yeah. halted business spending. Right. Mm-hmm. right. So that's kind of where it ended. And, I just kind of transferred into the business side of it. Like I was older. I didn't get a full season. I was doing one-offs and it's just so hard to compete with those kids are so good. Yeah. I I never did it full time. I just had the ability to get the money and do it. And I was playing catch up. So Mm -hmm. if I'm not in the seat the entire time, it's, it's a waste. Right. I try to start making some coin off it and it was fun. You know, like yeah. now you're in the managing drivers, managing sponsorships. I was the face of the sponsorships in the motorsport category for them. So yeah, I, w- I would be their rep. That's yeah, that's a sick way to approach it. And I mean, it kind of it, the first thing that I thought about when you were talking about that, too, is like like you kind of had to play catch up because you had to go out and get the money. Well, 
someone who maybe has the money and doesn't have to do it. Like they don't have to go out and get that shit. It's just kind of there. They might not be as good, but they have like the money to constantly be doing it. So like someone who's maybe not the best at their field or maybe shouldn't be moving up, like is moving up. Does that happen a lot? Yeah. I mean, that's sports for the wealthy, you know, or, mm -hmm. or people that can really, really hustle like that example that I did, you know, uh, and one of our buddies is that type of person, uh, Jimmy. Um, yeah. But most of them, most of these kids come from families that have either very strong businesses that they can do that right off and it's their their son who's just yeah. racing or they, they're just extremely wealthy and they can just write the check to be in the seat. And that's yeah. the majority of the drivers. There's You could probably count on one hand that are actually paid drivers. Gee, the man, okay, level. so a lot of these drivers oh, like might not be making money? No, 100%. 100%. Damn, okay, that's wild. What's that? You're just doing it for the love of the game. Yeah. I mean that, I mean, at the end of the day, it's a business. So like if I, if I had, it doesn't matter if I, let's just say I have McDonald's, right. And they're like, they're, they're class A sponsorship. It doesn't matter if I win or shunt on the first lap, they're still selling fucking Big Macs, <laughs> you know, yeah, exactly. and the CEO is still not at the track or if he is, he's probably going to be wasted in, in the hospitality, you know, like just enjoying his time. Yeah, right. You know, and that's the way it is. If I can if I can justify their spending for me to go race with their sticker on a car and they made a business deal before the green flag starts, it, it doesn't matter if I win. It's just, you know, it's it's just a right. Burn. It's just money at that point, right? Yeah, on their end, yeah. They, but as okay. a young driver, you just want to win, right? Like you're you're yeah, trying right. to make a career out of this, not just saying, "Oh, I hope this isn't the last time I'm in the car." <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> you know. Yeah. So that's, yeah, that's all. That's awesome. Okay. So a little, a little insight there. So then, okay. So you were driving and then you said COVID hit kind of, where'd you segue from there and kind of, how'd you build from there? So from there, um, it was, you know, I was still in touch with my sponsors and, you know, as you move up per level, the, the, the sponsorship requirement grows. So, um, to, for the year, so we couldn't afford to move up. We couldn't afford to do a full season where we were at. So at that point it turned into, all right, well, you know, instead of me saying, all right, well, good working with you. I said, well, what can you afford? Right? Like, like what can yeah. you write me a check for? And that was a pro bono of 150 for COVID year versus this year. So I had a hundred grand to work with mm -hmm. and I just put it into a team, um, and, and use their platform to just grow business to business. I wasn't in the car. I put it with a team and the driver that I put it with ended up winning that championship this year or that year for Indy Lights, the level below IndyCar. That's sick. And that team, actually, he went to go drive an IndyCar, and he's you know basically a rookie. He should have been Rookie of the Year. He won the whole Indy Lights championship with our car, with our company's logo on it. And, I, and I was that branch that like brought yeah. them to that team. So it really created a big awareness for the strength of the sponsor, who was a no-name until it was on this kid's car and – you know, they were in last place with me struggling yeah. to get a position. Um, but they were in first place winning championships with that team that I was managing it for. Yeah, so right. that's kind of the business side that I took via COVID and then 2021, 22 ask. Okay, sweet. That's awesome. Man. Yeah. I know a few other, th sorry, what were you saying? I just said that was sweet. Sorry, boys. 
No, you're good. Just don't let it happen again. <laughs> Fuck you. Um, uh, so yeah, from there, I mean, you've done some other cool things in racing too. I mean, you last Indy 500, you were spotting for Andretti. Like how did, how did that come about? Yeah. So, um, so when I was done racing, I, I kind of wanted it, you know, as a driver per se, you don't want to, you don't want to step away from it. Right. You want to stay as close mm-hmm. as you can to the sport that you're with. Like if we all had a choice to, be an equipment manager or, you know, a top position in an NHL team. I think we'd all drop what we're doing to say, let's, like, that's, I can't play, but I'm going to be as close as I can at the highest level. Right. Yeah. 100%. Um, so that was kind of my mentality. I want to stick with it because my goal is just to be, just run the Indy 500. Like that's just, that was my goal as a kid. Mm-hmm. Couldn't get it. So I started getting into what other positions can I do? So I started spotting, which is, pretty cool and then i started getting involved with like pit crews so Mm -hmm. the first step was getting involved with the pit crews for a team and uh i ran a team's like pit crew analytics for three cars and then was on the crew for one of the drivers that was the next step um then we won we won in 2020 which was great covid year but there wasn't a soul in the stands to celebrate so it was like you know, having sex with a sex doll, it's like just pointless, <laughs> you know, realistically, it's like, you're still fucking here. Yeah, right. Just push that fucking thing off the bed and <laughs> call it a night. <laughs> um, so at that point I was like, well, all right, you know, I kind of felt, uh, you know, you won too early. There's a lot of people in that, in that industry that have worked long days and long years to try and win a 500 with the team and never have. So I was yeah. kind of spoiled to get it. And then that urge to like, want to do it again. I was like, ah, I, I kind of want to just get out of this. Like, yeah, right. right. So I kind of transferred to spotting, which is like, you know, you're on the top of the stadium and you have headphones on, you're talking to the driver, letting them know who's, who's next to him, who's behind him, Like what, what's anticipating around him, mm-hmm. you know? So, uh, I started. You got to know your shit for that. Yeah. And what really helped me was, you know, I was a driver at one point. So I know what you need to say. No, you don't. And there's a lot of people that do those positions to try and teach pro drivers how to drive. And they're yelling at them. It's like, dude, shut the fuck up. Like, just tell them who's around them, keep the job simple and go home. But they just, it's just a weird flow. Racing, I think you kind of gauge it. Racing environment is different, is how I'll put that. Yeah. You know? So, uh, yeah, then got recruited to, to work with the Andretti name brand. So blessed by that. that dude, that was sick. When I saw you last year at the 500 dripped out in the Andretti thing, dude, I was, I got a little hard myself. That was nuts. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, we're, we're definitely, it's been a long road for that, but you know, just, uh, it's, it's worth it now, you know, um, get to be with that, that brand. That's a global brand. They're probably going to be an F1 soon here in a little bit. They have, they have a car in almost every damn series, uh, which is pretty, you know, that's a testament to how strong that global brand is. So, and to work directly with, you know, the Andretti, the driver is Marco Andretti, who's the grandson of Mario Andretti. So to be directly in line with that blood to that company is, is honestly an honor and, you know, I wouldn't take any other opportunity. Dude, that's, yeah, that's sick, man. Are, yeah. are you doing the same thing this year? Yep. Same thing. Uh, top of turn three at IMS for 200 laps, man. Starting Tuesday. 
Dude, fuck yeah, man. I'm I'm fucking yeah. pumped for you for that. Yeah. Let's, uh, so yeah, I mean, let's kind of build on that then. Let's talk about, you know, the 500. Um, I definitely want to get into odds and stuff this year, but is there any other, like, you know, insights or cool things that, I mean, a lot of our listeners are Canadian too, so they might just not even fucking know what the 500 is. Like, Warrior, yeah. you know what the 500 yeah, is? Yeah, but the only reason I know what it is, though, is because my grandpa's been watching watching it, like, my whole life. So, like, you go, you go there on, like, a fucking Sunday or whatever because they're on Sundays, right? No? Yeah, so so but the history of it is actually wild. Like they used to open up the gate. So the speedway is like a two and a half mile super speedway, right? So uh, imagine Daytona, but just bigger. So two and a half miles. And uh, the tradition of it here in Indiana is it used to be an all month event. So they used to mm-hmm. run these cars. They they used to build these cars from the ground up back in the day, and you know, build the fastest car you possibly can go out there and race it at the end of the month. So it would take them literally a month to like prep these cars and get them finely tuned. But, you know, obviously people don't have the patience to do that all month long. So they kind of cut it to the last two weeks. Yeah. right. But it used to be like a party. Like these, these Hoosiers here would just open up the gates and be partying for a fucking straight month, you know, like out in the snake pit or like they'd be just wasted for 30 days. Yeah, right. You know, out there camping. It's like imagine yeah. doing that with work. Hey, fuck off. I'll be at the fucking I'll be at IMS living, <laughs> you know, farm to RV for the next 28 days and, you know, if you're there, <laughs> let me know. I'll cook you a burger. Well, you have a fucking report due here by your president. You get too bad. I'm a yeah, sure. You don't you don't understand. Out. Imagine telling your boss, yeah, just, I'll be at IMS, dude. That's so that's what it was. And, and I'm not from here. I'm from New Jersey. So I, that, that side of it is still new to me. Like the person that I always get this, like, Oh, I've been to every 500 since I was 12 or like, you know, able to hold a bottle. I'm like, Oh, where do you sit? Is my next question. They're like, Oh, I'm in the snake pit. I'm like, you haven't seen a fucking race in your entire life. You've been wasted by fucking 6 a.m. Yeah, right. You know, <laughs> you're eating a ham sandwich on the hill. You know, just praying yeah, to God right. that you're not going to be hugging the porcelain throne, like clinging to life <laughs> <laughs> by the time I'm eating dinner, <laughs> you know, like just absolutely close, no clothes on since the gates open. Like, yeah, that's right. a fucking disaster and a half way to spend your Memorial we, day. We did that, <laughs> did that last year, bro, where we, we were like at those gates at 5 a.m. The second they opened, we were like running all across to turn like to get a good spot in the turn three hill is like we, we've got like a parking spot this year do it a little better i know cake boss will be there but yeah it's absolutely it's an absolute scene you know uh that's definitely the biggest spectacle in fucking racing that's what they say um but yeah man we're running it's it's two and a half miles 200 laps wheel to wheel action and you know it doesn't get any better than that 230 plus miles an hour Dude, yeah, that's that's nuts. So I, yeah. I wanted to ask too about because I know a lot of people in the Arburner community kind of watch F one. What kind of what's the difference in those cars, the speeds, the races, anything like that? Yeah. So F one, first of all, there's no ovals in F one, right? So that's that's mm-hmm. the number one. Um, number two is F one. You build those cars from the ground up, right? So when you look at a team like, for instance, Red Bull or Mercedes. They got a lot of financing coming through those teams. Let's just say for easy math, they get a hundred, uh, you know, 
a million dollars, you know, to, to build their resources for the year. And then you get teams like towards the bottom of the pack that are like team Haas, right. They generate, they generate $500,000 for their, for their season. So you have a team that's bringing in all the way from their engine, every part that can generate a million dollars for a season versus, you know, a half a million. So there, that's why you see the Ferraris, the Mercedes, the Red Bulls, they're always up in front. Right. Every It doesn't matter. They're going to be up front. And these teams yeah, right. that can't bring in money are always going to be at the back. It doesn't matter how good the driver is because you build those cars from the ground up with the finances that you could generate. Whereas yeah. IndyCar, IndyCar is a spec series, they call it. So uh, there's only two engine manufacturers. You're either a Honda or a Chevy. Yeah. Uh, every piece of, of part that's on that car comes from a co- an Italian company called Dallara. And every team gets a lot of the same amount. Okay. And yeah. if, if there's um, the only things that you could realistically tweak on that Indy car are front and rear wings and shocks and dampers, which mm-hmm. are like the springs in the front and in the back. Okay. So like yeah. how the car is able to take bumps. You know, so yeah, okay. on a road course, like how does your car handle? So the steering wheel's not like shaking in your hand while you're trying to like make a turn. It's very smooth. Yeah, yeah. And then ride height. So you're very, very limited on the things that every team can adjust every single weekend. Right. So mm-hmm. therefore, any given Sunday in IndyCar, anyone can win. It makes the series a lot more competitive. Like, OK, yeah, I do appreciate F1 and the ability that they do. But, man, it's just like watching, you know the Lakers in the final, it's like, dude, I'm so bored of watching that. It's, it's lame. I'm sick of watching the top teams win every time I want to see another team. And that's why IndyCar is great in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I I think that was a thing with F1 too, because I mean, you can have like what, like eight or nine races or maybe less left. And like someone's already won. Like it kind of doesn't matter in a sense. What's that? In like an F1 season, I mean, you can have like four or five races left, but I already know who's winning the season. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. because it's so top heavy, and you know, and there's there's drivers that are in IndyCar now that were that were F1 drivers, and they were at the back of the pack. Like you could, like uh, Roman Grosjean and Marcus Erickson drove in F1 for many years, and they never won anything. They were always in the mid pack to back, and they come here once an Indy 500 winner, and one literally places in the top two of qualifying every single weekend. So they're good drivers. They're they're in teams that just can't produce, you know, the results for them. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. That's a great breakdown. I appreciate you kind of diving into that. Like I kind of had just no clue. I just kind of like to go in and getting drunk. So at least I have like this knowledge going on from there. Um, but I, I'm sure everyone wants to know, you know, who to bet to, like, who do you think this year? I know Ganassi last year was like a team that was supposed to win or kind of had a really good chance. What do, what are you kind of seeing? Yeah, man. So first of all, this, this, this rate, it's so different, right? So first of all, you got teams that have fast cars. They're always going to be quick. They're always going to be consistent, but a lot of it comes down to like pit crews and stuff. Yeah. Right. So if you get some dude that went out on a school night and cause it's May and he wants to get laid cause he's a pit crew member and comes in and fucking fucks up a pit stop, that okay. dude's going to be shunned by turn one. <laughs> you know? yeah. And that happens, you know, there's guys that think they're, they're big dick in it forearm and they tell everyone they're in a pit crew when they're on the road trying to get some ass and 
they end up fucking up the whole race for someone. You know, think about running a race, a hundred laps, you do 50, you're in the lead and you come into the pits and you're fucking incompetent tire changer. Just can't figure out what's going on. You literally hand the hand, another seven guys in the pit crew, your car to do it sufficiently and go back out. Cause yeah. every seven seconds is a football field at IMS. Yeah. That's the okay. rate of speed that they're traveling. That's crazy. So a top team pit stop will do a pit a, a pit sequence in 6.7. So holy shit. When you lose that on track, that football field length in 7 seconds in the pits, you're just you're you're it's hard to get it back. I wouldn't say yeah. you're necessarily fucked. It's just really hard to gain that back. Yeah. And then you're just wasting time. Yeah, you know? okay. Okay. Yeah. So I would say uh, if I had to place a bet on a, I'll give you a top five to just keep an eye out on. Yeah. And then as the, as the month kind of progresses, I'd say, you know, shoot me a text and I'll zero in on it. But number one is a uh, Pato award, Arrow McLaren. Okay. Okay. Number two is Marcus Erickson, Chip Ganassi racing. He won last year and he's a championship leader. Okay. Okay. Uh, number two or number three is Scott Dixon, Chip Ganassi Racing. Hammering Dixon. Yeah. <laughs> Hammering the Iceman. <laughs> number four. Okay, you're going to start to see a trend here. Alex Pillow, Chip Ganassi Racing. He just won. He just won Sunday, didn't he? Yes, he did. Yeah, I saw that. And he's always quick. And I'm going to give you probably, I'll give you your, your fifth one will be your dark horse. And the reason why I say dark horse, even though he's won it twice, he's not a full-time driver anymore. And that is uh, Takuma Sato, Chip Ganassi Racing. They sound like they got a pretty fucking good team. Yeah, seriously. I'm yeah. Tweet those. Yeah, so I'll give you a little preface on that. So everyone knows Jimmy Johnson, right? Yeah. NASCAR. Fan, fan favorite. Fan favorite. Yeah, Carvana sparkling jeans, right? You've probably seen those fucking yeah, commercials yeah, yeah. in between. Um, so no doubt about it, his accomplishments in NASCAR, right? Dude's a legend. He's an absolute Ricky Bobby. All right. Yeah, I know who that is, and I don't, I don't really watch racing. I, yeah. Johnson's so he's a legend. So he tried to come in and do IndyCar uh, the last couple seasons. First season, he only did road and street course. The last season, uh, he did all of them, including the ovals. Um, and let's just say he wasn't the Jimmy Johnson everyone knows in NASCAR. You know, he was back of the pack, struggling. It's, it's a hard, it's one of the best series to be in the world, IndyCar. But Lo and behold, this is his first Indy 500 last year, and he's in a Ganassi car and qualified fourth or fifth fastest. First time ever being there. That's extremely hard to do. Yeah, that's extremely sick. hard. So those, those Ganassi cars have great setups, you know. So Takuma Sato, who's won two Indy 500s in equipment that you would argue that isn't the best all the time. Yeah. Uh, he's going to be in the best team. Okay. So Sweet. it's a good, yeah. I mean, you kept saying a, the liter yeah. Like, okay. yeah, that dude literally qualified last year, uh, hit the wall coming out of turn two 
and just kept his foot in it and literally qualified in the top seven. I don't know how that like it was. I don't know how it was happening. Look it up. Like Takuma yeah, Sato's yeah, yeah. qualifying. You'll see him literally smack the wall, like yeah, yeah. brush it coming out of turn two, and he's like the seventh fastest driver <laughs> in qualifying. It's like, and you ask him like, how in the world did you do that? Like, how did you keep your? Because you see the telemetry. His foot was just flat. Yeah. Like he did not lift off of that, and you're just hanging. You're like, holy shit, that wall's coming right at me. He's like, I had to. He goes, I got, dude. You have some serious balls. He goes, I had to stay in it. Like, All right, <laughs> good on you. Yeah, dude. That's it. Yeah, it's almost like a pride thing too. Where like you were saying earlier, these drivers, like, I mean, they just want to fucking win. That's what oh yeah, competitors. I, I've got a question. Send it. Uh, so like, when say like your drivers like he's like really like fucking nervous or something like that, <clears throat> like going into the day of a race, you ever just tell him maybe to loosen up and like have a couple cold ones before he gets in the, behind the wheel or <laughs> <laughs> couple cold ones. <laughs> you know, I learned this, I learned this trick in a movie once. If you're ever stressed before an event, just go jerk off. Oh, no just problem. literally go in a corner, go in the fucking bathroom and snap that's, one off. That's what I did. Just I literally never stressed. Yeah, never. Like uh, you might fall asleep immediately after and wake <laughs> up in a glory. Like your dopamine will be literally through the roof. I mean, I did it before every test in high school and I still failed, but I had a smile on my face. <laughs> Hell yeah, brother. Like, Hell your shoulders yeah. will definitely drop. Oh, man. All right. Well, hey, I appreciate you joining us here. I know you're staying on for Words with Wario, but we'll wrap this segment and we'll kind of go from there. Uh, I'm going to tweet out that video. going to tweet out the pics. I hope everyone liked this. It was educational a little more. And if you didn't, you can go fucking kill yourself. Yeah, yeah it's the month of May. If you're not paying attention to that, then you know, go hang out with Boston and their first round loss because you're <laughs> fucking you're you're gone. You know, like it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Yeah, go ahead and tweet that. If you're not watching Indy Five, go hang out with fucking uh, Pasternak down in Yawkey Way because he's probably looking for another contract if I were him. <laughs> absolute disappointment fuck alright hey thanks for joining us Tim I appreciate it yeah alright now we'd like to uh, go to our second segment here words with Wario uh, still joined here by Timmy Paguluso uh, Wario gonna go ahead and give it over to you what do you got for us hey folks uh you guys already know. I can I can almost assume that everybody will be guessing that this will be a big part of the segment this week. Uh, my the the Burnerverse versus Darren McCarty, uh, ex uh, Detroit Wet Red Wings alumni, uh, four time Stanley Cup championship winner. Uh, he actually is, to my knowledge, I believe he scored one of the game winning goals for to win the Stanley Cup. Uh, so uh, apparently, uh, he's not too fond of me. Uh, I'm not really sure what I did, but, uh, he, uh, he's quite literally lost his fucking mind. Um, I don't know. I, I, for some reason he decided out of all the fucking people that were commenting back at his so-called daughter, which is not even a real thing. Not uh, his real daughter. Not yeah, at all. 
absolutely insane. Uh, she she's on one too. Absolutely fucking crazy. But uh, yeah, he decided to 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 call me out and uh, call me a fucktard, which is pretty. Uh, I'd say that's pretty ableist term. I thought I thought this was 2023. I didn't really think that we we're going to be using those kind of terms anymore. Uh, but I don't know. He uh, he. He, I don't even know what to really say of uh, say about it. As besides the fact that he's fucked, man. Like this guy, he's obviously got something, a couple screws loose upstairs. Uh, More than a couple. All yeah, like those punches must have really fucking set that CT deep. But I don't know. I've as somebody told, as somebody was saying, he made like over twelve million dollars or something like that in his NHL career. and somehow managed to rack up six million dollars in debt to the to the banks. I'm not really sure how the fuck that happens. Probably from beating up the bank tellers. Yeah, I, God fucking knows, man. But like, dude, how do you how do you fumble that bag so hard, dude? I, I don't even make a hundred grand a year, and I'm I'm not even like a thousand dollars in debt. Like, how how do you do that, man? Like, you got to be fucking retarded as hell or something oh, must be nice sick yeah. Racks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but but uh yeah i don't i don't know boys like uh he, from what i'm seeing he's he clearly grasping onto some straws here i was i saw some footage of him uh doing some i'm not sure if it was rough and rowdy but some some sort of wwe style event where he got fucking tossed through uh a folding a folding table. I don't know, but apparently that's what you got to do when you fucking are completely washed up and, uh, chirping with chirping Twitter accounts with a fucking Wario from the super Mario bros as their profile picture. Like you're, you're seriously going to take that guy seriously. Are you fucking retarded, man? <laughs> like to be, to be triggered by that is absolutely insane. Yeah. Nuts. But I don't know. I don't, what, yeah. what do you what do you think about it, Pat? <clears throat> I mean, dude. I mean, my thoughts were like, that's not even. I, I just don't know why he got involved. That's not even his real daughter. She she goes around like claiming that it is too. Like it's in her bio, and like so. If you go on the internet and you're like, I don't know if this person's joking or not. Most people look at like they'll click on your profile and they'll be like, oh, okay, like, like what is this? What are they all about? Like you can tell by my first thing. My pinned tweet says, I wonder what fish tasted like before women started swimming you know i'm not serious <laughs> you know i'm not serious yeah with her right. you go you click on her profile it's in her bio darren mccarty's like that like daughter and it's like okay and then you have people defending her that want to fuck her for some reason and they're like and they're she just like, like oh yeah like yeah how much hockey knowledge do you have like she's held the cup four times dude fuck off that did she, did she play in those games i'm sorry did but did she because last time i i noticed like like, dude, these fucking people are absolutely insane. Congratulations, your relative won a fucking Stanley Cup. That doesn't fucking not even work. your relative. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> absolute delusion. But how? In what world does that give you more credentials than somebody who's grown up playing the game? I'm sorry. Dude, but- I've- been playing hockey for 19 years and i've been skating for 23 i'm not trying to come out here and say that i'm fucking i i should be on the fucking tsn panel i'm just saying yeah oh yeah you should for sure fucking (laughs) but but like i don't know i i would say that my words probably hold a little bit more value than someone who has never fucking played so can i ask a quick question is this chick just fucking bent over butt hurt because you 
just told her exactly what you just, you tweeted back and said, you good for you. You held the cup and she's all up in shambles. Like no, essentially, basically, yeah. I said, I said, you pe- I said something like you people are fucking delusional. Uh, if you don't, if you've never played the sport, you should absolutely not be allowed to comment on it, which I don't know. Should I be commenting on, on a golf player when I've played one round of golf in my entire life? No, because I don't know anything about the fucking sport. Yeah, so that sounds like a, a Trump tweet. That's pretty spot on, and people don't <laughs> like that. So good good on you. Uh, and so that makes sense. Good on you. But the second, like, why is Darren all pissed off? Because because she dick rides him. Like, I... It, it, it yeah. might be so something. he just chirped back after you chirped he, her. He, ran, he randomly just quote tweeted one of my tweets, I think. And or maybe it was hers. I think it was hers. But quote tweeted it and tagged me in it. I'll, I'll read it out loud. Give me a sec here, okay? I, I'll pull it up in like two seconds. So uh, are you talking about what Darren said? Yeah. So he I said sent this, a tweet to him. He said this. Yeah, I saw tweet. it. Just just for everybody who's listening who maybe didn't see it, even oh, though yeah, most people probably did. But he, Darren McCarty says, "Hey, fucked hard at reports by Wario. That young lady knows more about the game than you ever will." Hashtag genetics. But what the fuck would I know? I only have four cups, and she's my kid. Hashtag eat a dick. Uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not really very homophobic in today's. Yeah, I don't know. It's pretty honestly. She's pretty damn lucky. That's all you did was tweet back at her and tell her the facts. Yeah, and then I caught like a <clears throat> like a shitload of strays. People just coming from what he wrote. the The tweet had almost eighty thousand views on it. So he's got <laughs> he's got like sixteen thousand followers. Like he's dude, he's he's an NHL legend. Like he really is. Yeah, yeah I used right. to play with that guy uh, on NHL hits on GameCube and just beat the shit out of people. That great yeah, that three sure. on three game. I'm pretty sure he decapitated Claude Claude Lemieux, <laughs> but I don't know. Yeah, so, anyways, he uh, yeah, there was a lot of people that were just absolutely not ha- happy with me, and I don't I don't know. I told him I told him maybe to have another line. I don't know. I've there was that <laughs> couple problems there, but I don't know. Maybe maybe that was a little below the belt, but I don't know. That's a, that's what this is all about, right? I don't know. Yeah, was he not below the belt? Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's just brutal, and it's it's all of hockey Twitter too. They're lucky that like he just kind of fucking came to her aid, but and 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 that's the part that's fucking bullshit about it is because it's like, let's be honest, somebody like that would like in real life doesn't give two flying fucks about these idiots that are defending him. Yeah, like a hundred percent. No, and that, that's the thing that I like. Sherlock first said it, but then I kind of echo it. All of these people that go in and they're like stalking like Bergeron or like the the chick that goes and like Timmy there's this chick that goes and tries to find um the like Tavares yeah it's so fucking weird dude wait she tries to do what tries to find John Tavares and take a bunch of pictures with him and she has like she has like four or five pictures with like he's in a car in the front seat and she's outside of the car like she legit stalks him like these people they make fun of you like they do not fucking like you it's nuts. yeah, a hundred percent. When he leaves, he's seeing that put on Twitter or whatever because she's probably tagging him because she's a fucking freak show, and he's probably screenshotting it and sending it to fucking O'Reilly, and he's like, "Look at this fucking weirdo trying to stalk me right now." Like, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, dude, can you imagine the locker room talk that the boys are having with that that chick, and she's out here on the 
the fucking Twitterverse acting like they're related and they're best friends. She's getting absolutely orally rinsed <laughs> between periods. Like, God, I hope we don't run into her on the bus ride out. Yeah. Like, I, I can almost if she doesn't it. think that's happening, she doesn't know hockey. And Darren should probably verify that for the fucking sake of the hockey community. Step up and be a man. Like, you are absolutely getting PP tapped verbally in that locker room. Yeah, you, I 100% every time they go to leave the rink, they're like, they're probably saying, hey, I hope that fucking weirdo isn't waiting out there try, trying to get a picture with me yeah. every yeah. fucking day. Yeah, if the Philly fans could throw hot dogs at each other a week ago, like dollar dog night, you best yeah. bet. You best bet the players would walking out. I'm going to fucking chuck a wiener at her. like, yeah. And she'll still take a picture with me when we're out there in Alberta. She'd probably get like, done. She's, try- she's just following the bus, dude. Yeah, like, seriously. And, like, good on Darren McCarty for holding four cups, dude. But he needs to fucking run the picket fence on them, like the Hoosier movie. And just fucking go pound sand. Get the yeah, fuck out of here. 100%. It's crazy. But, Timmy, you you used to have a burner, right? No longer? Yeah, I've had like fucking three or four or five in the you, matter you care, of five you years. You elaborate on that a little bit? Well, that's why I kind of made the comment earlier. Like, they're all bent out of butt hurt out of shape that you just tweeted back facts. That's that's pretty sad. because The thing is, is, is the, the NHL Twitter, like all these people – they do not care about facts. They care more about delusion and the fake made up scenarios in their head. They all think that they're like friends with these players who absolutely have no idea who they are and yeah. would look at them and literally laugh at them in the fucking Yeah. Thing. Well, yeah. my first response would be like, you know, I don't give you, I would make her like film taping a stick and then be like, tweet it back. And if you can put clean fucking fresh tape and clean lines together and be like, all right, you, you have, 20 minutes during this game at 10 o'clock tonight with fucking Vegas to run your mouth. But if you can't fucking put a happy knob on or make a fresh TJ, shut the fuck up. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So that's one, two, like she's so, when I used to have a fucking burner, dude, if someone pissed me off so much, I would go so far beyond the line to fucking (laughs) ruin them and their day. Yeah. You've got a good story on that, right? Dude. So I was in New Jersey in the summertime during shark week, the best week in the fucking world. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, Just lounging on my couch. Absolutely fucking boned out. Yeah. Just fucking tilting three Oh twos back watching shark week. If you don't know what a three Oh two is, it's a drink from back home on the beach bars. It's a shot of one fifty one Bacardi, a fucking strawberry daiquiri, and then a floater. And it's just, you just pound them. Yeah. It's just, you just look like Krusty the Clown by the time you get to the (laughs) bar. You're just like that and you're just wasted. So I used to do that and just like eat an edible or smoke a J and have a great summer. But this one day, this tweet came across that really took it per, I took it personal. And I don't want to make this a common practice because it's 2023 now. This was probably like, you know, back in the day before Me Too started happening. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's just bullshit. But anyways, this dude from fucking California tweeted back at me. And mind you, let me give you a preface. My fucking burner was called Cornholio, and it was a picture of fucking Beavis like this. 
that was the name of it. Someone so, you should probably take seriously. Yeah. That and it was just like literally every tweet I would try and like literally say it like Beavis would just like you know listen you, you're an idiot <laughs> and just like put two M's like me <laughs> and like they would bark back because they're fucking dumb like it was I don't know like why would you yeah, if someone right. tweeted me that I'd be like dude this is not real not <laughs> this real. person is not, not yeah real. like okay I laughed but I'm not chirping anyways. This person told me I was basically a piece of shit, like on Twitter before you could get banned. And I was just like, well, like, why is this person telling me that he has no idea what he's talking about? So I like looked this guy's page up. And so I saw where he lived. There was a fucking pay-per-view fight at the Honda Center in Anaheim. And this guy Mm -hmm. lived in Irving, Irving, California or some shit. And. I was like, dude, I'm just fuck this guy is what I, so I literally, you know, tweeted like my buddy at another burner and it was pretty big and this guy followed him and I chirped in on a comment. That's how this got started. Yeah. And, uh, he put, I said, dude, put out a tweet. Like if you use this one hashtag, which he was using, it was called like hashtag stop Wesley white, who was some mm-hmm. fucking dude that would post about porn conventions and how he loves their tits and scenes and it was like yeah. dude, uh, dude hank cranker yeah like how <laughs> sure. how is how is this allowed yeah right how is this like not being flagged and <laughs> um so we like just use that to get under that kid's skin hence the burner like back then just fuck with people and that and the quote was use this hashtag within the next hour and the person that does it the most gets free front row pay-per-view fight to whatever the UFC fight was that was happening like down the fucking yeah an hour away yeah. from this guy. This guy hops on the train, dude, like bandwagon central, this fucking guy that chirped mm-hmm. me. And by the way, this is all made up. So he does it. Then in an hour, we fucking tweet him and say, we're at, we Google a fucking Buffalo wild wings. It's like right down the fucking street from Anaheim Honda center where Zegers plays with no condom. and this guy goes oh my god i'll be there within like it's a two-hour drive i'll be there by four we're like great we're at the radio station's going we're in the back by the bathrooms i just googled this fucking address so this guy calls his buddy i don't know who he was i got these two tickets drives two fucking hours to this fucking address that i told him buffalo wild wings outside the honda center and fucking go like dms us hey we're here all right we're go to the back guy walks to the back you're not there all right yeah we're on the side look at the back bathrooms and make a right like, <laughs> i'm just making this up <laughs> right and he get he's like hey are we at the right one and then i immediately tweet him from cornholio and say don't you ever fucking talk shit again have fun driving on your 2 hours back you miserable prick <laughs> <laughs> and the fucking guy just goes ape shit like how dare you how dare me you're the one that fucking started it and yeah. like who can you felt for a fucking tweet from a guy that has a profile pic named cornholio how fucking dumb are you? <laughs> that's actually all time, dude. Yeah. So, like, sh- this girl that's all bent out of shape that you're just giving her facts, like, fucking go the extra mile and 
send her to a friendlies with no ice cream. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I actually think we might have to take some of those notes into our books. So boys, uh, folks listening, uh, we've just been taught a great lesson of trolling. And I think that that might be, uh, might be something great to use in the future because that is fucking hilarious. Yeah, and honestly, I was telling, and I'll tell you this, Wario. Like, the funniest part of all that is imagine the dude that was the friend. That perspective, yeah. like, gets a text, fucking donkey, dude. Yeah, he's probably like, dude, this guy is an idiot. My, I, I ruined a friendship, let alone that kid's dead. <laughs> Yeah, you get a text like, oh, we're going front. He probably texted that guy because he's the only one back then that actually gave a fuck about UFC and he was not in the yeah, friend yeah. circle. It's like, yeah, we're blowing off this house party and we're going front row. We're going to tweet about it and be like a chick. Like, I'm going to post in a, let's make a post outside the Honda Center. Like, we're front row. No, you don't have anything going for you, buddy. That yeah. Is- and just like driving two hours in LA traffic and then two hours back. With nothing, oh, like, hey, how did that happen? And you know, deep down, the buddy that felt for it did not tell him the fucking truth because he was so ashamed of himself, <laughs> as he should be. Yeah, be like, oh man, my credit card must have not went through. No, <laughs> felt for a fake fucking Twitter burner account with Beavis on it, Nate Portfolio. <laughs> you should probably dig your own fucking grave and call it a night, bud. <laughs> that is, that's absolutely fucking awesome. I might, oh, have, I might have to try that. So have- for all the Darren McCarty bullshit that's happening in this in this liberal flag flying fan. Biden America. Yeah. Uh you're lucky it was just a factual tweet back. Okay. And that's that's yeah. the lesson we're gonna take from that today, boys. Yeah. Uh, I'd like to thank thank uh Berner for having me on for another one of Wario's Words with Wario segment. I uh, hope to be back on again as soon as possible. And uh, I appreciate everyone who, who listens. Yeah, you got it, pal. Um, Timmy, thank you for joining us, dude. This was awesome, man. I'll have to have you on again. Good. Yeah, man. I will uh, I'll reach out to you, but thank you. Have a great day, buddy. Yeah, man. Guys, thanks for having me. And, you know, I've been I've been listening to you guys since you started. This is a lot of fun. I'm, I'm looking forward to coming back with some more things to say. Fuck yeah, man. We're, ha- we're, uh, we're excited to have you back, man. Hope you have a great week. Yeah. Cheers.